Hello and welcome to the very first episode of this AFL Life. My name's Alison Smirnoff and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Darcy Vessio and Asta O'Connor. Welcome. Thanks for having us, Al. Thanks, Al. Not a problem. So, Darcy, could you tell me a little bit about Asta? Well, Asta is a Queensland born and bred footy specimen. For those of you who have seen her in the flesh, she's quite tall. Um, which lends itself to being a ruck woman, which she does very well. Um, how many times have you been All-Australian? Um, maybe a handful, yeah. A handful. So we'll say we'll say four. Four times? Five. Just five, okay. She's, <laughs> she's <laughs> staring on saying five, so five we'll go with. Edit that out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Asta is someone who is fully neck deep in, in footy life, I think. And that's something I admire about it. And, yeah, it's awesome to have her here. Oh, thanks, Darcy. Thanks for your kind words. And, um, Asta, can you tell us a little bit about Darcy? I can, Al. Darcy is uh, one of my dead set favourites. And I think most people would say that once you've met the girl. I remember when she came down to Falcon Land, uh, she came down with her mum, which was cute. Uh, She's a Wangaratta girl. And her mum, right then and there on the night, Paid her fees at it with her checkbook. She got her checkbook out and said, "Sign her up." Oh. So um, we knew that um, you I know meant we, business. <laughs> she meant business, and mum meant business. As a club, we were really glad to have her. Um, we'd heard great things. Mm-hmm. I think she grew up playing footy um, and had to stop, which is really yep. unfortunate. Growing up in Wangaratta, um, but Darcy only you know footy is just one part of her life. She's an amazingly talented design extraordinaire and um, can put together some some pretty cool pieces. I wish I had her talent. She's a cool cat. She's not a very good driver. Tell me more. I once <laughs> within 30 seconds of starting, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I know not to chop people off at roundabouts anymore. <laughs> but Darcy has a very uh, a long life of footy ahead of her. She's still only young, under 25, and... Um, you know, the thing she's already achieved, I think she should be very proud of. She's a multicultural ambassador with the AFL, you know, which is amazing in itself. Her mum is Chinese and her dad's Italian and she grew up with two brothers. So, and I call my granddad, granddad, and she calls hers Gung. And, you know, that's one of my most favourite things about Darcy is that, you know, despite, you know, our differences in growing up and, and the homes that we grew up in were such good mates and I... I really love that about her. Oh, oh, so this is this, <laughs> this is Come getting closer. off to a great start. This podcast, we're all getting along so well. So, Darcy, can you tell me a little bit about our amazing host and founder of this AFL life, Alison Smirnoff? Sure thing, Asa. So many of us would have seen Alison's work before, but possibly not actually. We might not know what she looks like because she... And we're still not going to on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're not revealing anything yet. I've chosen my medium. (laughs) I'm sticking to it. Uh, Alison is actually the founder of uh, Change Her Game, which is an organisation which focuses on um, positively uh, reporting on women's sport. Um, And she has done an amazing job... I've been following Change Her Game probably the past year, but I'm not actually sure how how long it's been going for. Yeah, just over a year. Just over a a year, Mm. yeah. And she 
Um, she's very modest in the work she does and she, she works very hard and goes about her business quietly. But what she's done for women's sports, if you go onto her Instagram page, which is Change Her Game, um, you'll see just the, um, the work she does on promoting women across all sports. Um, and she, she brings attention to things that you probably wouldn't know otherwise if you, if you just followed traditional mediums, I guess. Uh, Alison is also a new member at the Darabin Falcons um, and she made her debut on the weekend in a practice match for our DB1 team wearing the number 30. But yeah, Alison is just an all-round great person and, and someone who is pushing for change in sport. Um, and yeah, we're really privileged to be here. Wow. Thanks, Darcy. Wowee. Wowee. You know this isn't a paid gig, don't you? She's not going to up your pay because you say nice things about her. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, I just want to go around the table. Um, what, what's been your, your football highlight so far this season, Asta? Oh, for me, um, I mean, the season's still, still young, but it was great to see um, the first women's exhibition game played out at Craigieburn between the Western Bulldogs and the Melbourne Footy Club. And I think just personally... Having done an ACL recently, seeing the likes of Bianca Jacobson and Nicholas Stevens, who are two young up-and-coming footballers, both amazingly talented, and they made their returns at that top level from their ACL, and they both just performed out of their skins. And I couldn't have been more proud of them, and you know they couldn't have inspired me more. So definite highlight there. And what about you, Darcy? Uh, yeah, I think what Asa said was fantastic. Like seeing those <laughs> girls return, I I love playing alongside BJ and Nick. I think they're both awesome footy players um yeah it was nice to finally get a win in bulldogs colors even though it was just a um, victorian based game um i felt like that really was special a special thing for the club and for us girls who have been there for a couple of years now well for, for mine I'm, I'm gonna go to afl level and i'd have to say patty dangerfield's round one game for geelong mm. wasn't bad it wasn't bad it's okay i mean i he would have he would have capped it off if he'd kicked some goals in the last quarter, but I just think the expectation he had on his shoulders going into that game, and he he just shouldered it. Mm-hmm. And he you know he's just a champion player, and champion players do that; they rise to the occasion. So that was my highlight. Mm. That was actually amazing. His game. <laughs> I watched the highlights and. <laughs> so we've had state league round one VFL women's. It's done and dusted. What was it like to play against a brand new team? I thought it was great. Like, obviously, with the six teams over the past few years, we've played each team three times, even four. I think we played Dymo five times last year. So you get to know the same, the, the girls quite closely as opponents. Um, so it was really nice to line up against fresh faces. And, yeah, I get that you get got to see how they play their footy. Um, obviously, it's a big challenge for them coming up a division, but... I thought they all handled themselves really well out on the field. And, yeah, that was a definite positive thing. Yeah, I guess um, and for me, looking, you know, watching from the sidelines, it was, um, you know, we didn't know what to expect. Round one against Cranbourne, they definitely touched up our reserves a couple of times mm. last year. So, you know, that was in the backs of our minds, um, and just how well they can play. They've got talent there. But I think, you know, looking to the other games as well, there were some very uneven scores. But clubs have been able to recruit new talent. So it's, you know, 
it's a pretty exciting time at the moment for women's footy. You'll see it a lot. Things like this, the podcast. I wouldn't have thought that things like this would be happening 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So it's out there in the media and we are attracting those dual sport athletes to come over like your Bree Davies, Jess Cameron... Even Lauren Pierce here at our club, so it's exciting. Well, that was that was something else I was going to bring up. Just going through the results and um, Emma Carney best on ground for Melbourne Uni, Bree Davy best on ground for St Kilda, uh, Lauren Pierce here at Darabin amongst the best players. What you know, they're all players that have uh, code switched. What yeah. do you, what do you think it is? Well, I think cricket, soccer, and basketball all. I think the skills involved in those sports really lend themselves to football like they're all sports that obviously require a lot of hand-eye coordination I think basketball especially just the way it's played on a small court but there's still so much movement and you have to think really quickly yeah I think it's just shows how well they can transition like and that's a credit to those girls how well they can pick up a footy and just move straight into the footy mindset but I think though a lot of those girls may have grown up kicking a footy with their dads brothers Mm -hmm. Um, neighbours whatever it might have been so and then back in the mid 90s and even in the early 2000s there weren't competitions for girls to participate in at an underage level so and we're sort of you know picking up our lost footballers if you want to say it like that but which is great um, you know and the game does need to to try to get those girls back involved what I'm really impressed with is the AFL's commitment to ensure that they can play both sports. Uh, I know Elise Perry, you, you read about her juggles playing into elite competitions and, you know, it's we're not paid big bucks yet. I think Cricket Australia announced a, an almost double double yeah. amount for the girls. Yeah, they did. Um, so, which is great and, and that might, you know, help people make decisions because they can be a full-time athlete in one sport. But at the moment, that's not the landscape. So it's fantastic that the AFL has committed you know, and tried to make every, you know, I guess, opportunity available for those girls to play both sports and uh, and really enjoy it. Yeah, I think what you said about the girls playing footy and handling a footy at a younger age is really important because just when you're developing your motor skills, when you're holding a footy... I'm just, still developing mine. Yeah, and that's okay. Some of us are, you know... <laughs> Some of us are late bloomers. It's yeah, fine. and that's fine. But you can Thanks definitely for your support. <laughs> you can definitely tell the girls who have handled the footy. They just, you know, they know how to spin the ball, lace out, and they can just they just have a way with judging the ball. And and I think the girls coming through youth girls, the ones who have been handling a footy from a young age and encouraged to play as well as that and not have to transition to another sport, like they're gonna be phenomenal players. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean Working in the AFL, I, I talk to the ladies uh, who work there now for the competition. They obviously have an invested interest in the game. And, you know, I, I speak to some of the mums and I say, oh, you know, was footy ever around for you? Was it something that you wanted to get involved with? And so many of them say, oh, I wish I got to play footy, but it was netball, footy and netball. Yep. And that's and that's how it was. But they said, you know, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed being part of a club and the culture. And I think... And a, and a really good example that was put out to me was uh, Nova Paris Nebone was a hockey player yep. and decided to transition to athletics. And one girl, uh, one lady said to me when she was a young girl, Nova was her hero. She played hockey and then she's like, oh, I'm going to go to athletics. So I think if we can, you know, introduce some new talent from other sports, um, yes, it's very important that girls grow up with a footy in their hand. Mm-hmm. But what can happen is you say we 
let's say for argument's sake we sign Meg Lanning. Imagine that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, but you know there might be Meg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Meg, yeah, sign yeah. up. Yeah, we'll make some space we're here for you, Meg. But that could mean, you know, followers of Meg's now who are young girls could look at footy as an option because it opens a whole new pathway for them in that space. And you're opening yourself as the AFL to a whole new marketing space as well, which is, you know, pretty great. So, Darcy, you went to Nick Rewalt's 300 game on the weekend. I did. Now, you are also a St Kilda supporter, are you not? I am, yep. And I'm a Saints girl. And you, you've done your research, you, Alison. Uh, and you play in the forward line. Yes, I do. So, as both a supporter and a footballer, just how good is Nick Rewalt? I think Nick Rewalt is an incredible footy player. Um, when I was younger and I was very, very passionate about watching AFL, I used to have his number on the back of my Little Saints jumper. So, I'm a big fan of Nick's. And I think, I guess, his strength in his game is apart from the incredible work rate is his marking ability Mm. and I think that's something that like I love marking um and so yeah I think I'd I'd like to think I try to model some of my marking on on Nick's yeah that that mark he took years ago against Sydney back with the flight it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen on a footy field I could not imagine I guess putting that much force into going back with the flight and not knowing what's what's coming at you. Yeah. I feel like Stephen Milne would not feel the same way. He wouldn't like it as much as we did. Yeah. Really <laughs> took him out. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important. I was also at that game, Al. You were at that match. I was at the game. Oh, whoa. Just um, – no, Oh, no, no. Sorry, no, no. I'm not 85, Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you mean On the weekend. Yeah. Four Maddie's days match, ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like whoa, yeah. witness history. Amazing. That was at the SCG too. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Um, no, I'm from Queensland, not New South Wales. There's a big oh. difference. Oh. Don't confuse them. Um, we're very different accents. <laughs> <laughs> but no, on the weekend at um, Nick's 300th, just the sort of hype around Etihad Stadium and, and outside, mm. and people lining up to get a Rui 300 hat, yeah. and everyone wearing purple for Maddie's Maddie's vision. I think. You know, it was, I think, you know, these footballers have profiles and we put them up there and we say that they're role models and one day, you know, women might be in the same space too, but it's really important what you use that profile for. Mm. Now, Nick's family have gone through a, a horrible loss and lots of families lose people. It's, it's you know, it's it's just not a nice part of of life, I guess. And Nick's used his profile for really positive change and I yeah. couldn't commend him. Yep, he's a great footballer. Um and there'll be great footballers after him. But this, I think, is something that's really important to him. Mm. You can see that when he speaks about it. And I don't know Nick personally, but to me, that makes me think, yeah, he must be a pretty good guy. Yeah. And they really just kicked into gear with it as well. Like, yeah, their ability to create something really wonderfully positive out of a tragedy is amazing. And and the whole family was there on the weekend and, and I met... Nick's brother Alex as well and they're just such nice people and yeah and it was just a great event to be part of. Mm. I think if you're the Brisbane Lions you'd be spewing at the zone selection. I think Nick was only 10 or 15 kilometres outside their oh, zone yeah. back oh. in the, what was he drafted? 2000 wasn't he? I think it was 2000. Yeah so mm. poor old Brizzy. Yeah. They did go on to win three flags so yeah, I'm sure they you know. I think they, I think they got over it. Yeah maybe yeah. Nick's the one who's spewing. 
<laughs> I do remember a time when the, a fair point. I think it was Mel Michael and maybe the Scott brothers, but mm. I was at this game actually at yeah. the Gabba and uh, it was round one and Nick had just been announced as captain. He was, he, he, I think he broke his collarbone or he oh, hurt his shoulder. And they and just came uh, over and gave him the a The Scott knock. twins just. Yeah. Yeah. And I Ain't think nobody's got time for that. <laughs> Go on, Darcy. That's brilliant. <laughs> that was not this planned. Is, this is the kind of gold that I was waiting for. And I can still sort of remember thinking Nick's sort of coming off and I, I can't follow that up, Darcy, too good. But And he was crying and I was like, oh, you know, boys don't cry mm. um, and footballers don't cry. And then, you know, now as I've gotten older, I think, oh, you know, these stereotypes of, you know, footballers, we need to break it down. But I was guilty of that back yeah. then in my, you know, teenage years i placed him he had to be tough and fierce and Mm. you know he's a human being and he had all that expectation on himself and for his club and you know it's long forgotten now but i'm sure nick you know he's probably copped a bit uh, over the years for that Mm. so but good on him for being himself yeah yeah absolutely 2017 the national women's competition is set to launch but I was having a think about this the other day. I think it's only been, I think it was only about 12 months ago that Gil actually fast-tracked it. And it was this time, this time a year ago, it was still 2020. And I, like, really, I can't believe how much has happened in the last 12 months. Like, we've got how many clubs jockeying for position to get a licence. We've had state academies, the National Talent Search, Fox are broadcasting games this year. Uh, there's talk of Toyota sponsoring the new league next year. Uh, female members in the AFLPA. Yeah, yeah. Never been, never, never been before. before. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as footballers that are likely to play in that competition, I mean, how exciting is it? Oh, I think <laughs> <laughs> don't, oh, don't, don't, don't. Darcy's really excited, <laughs> as you can tell. Don't bowl us over with that excitement. <laughs> Good old um, Wangaratta. <laughs> take it easy. Um, yeah, well, obviously, like, the growth in women's footy is unreal at the moment. And and I think things keep getting said about women's footy and you don't understand that, that like, that's happening. Like, I keep, like, when Gil was talking about the National League, you know, I guess you just starting to understand that the AFL has so much power. Like, they can implement things quickly and, like, if they set an agenda and they want to achieve something like they really can fast track it just like mm. Gil wanted to yeah whereas if someone else said that you'd be like yeah right but this is Gil like in he's got good hair yeah he's got he amazing does. hair good hair mm. he has amazing hair <laughs> um but yeah to be hopefully one of the players who does get to participate in this and become an AFL player and become um part of an AFL club like it's incredible and yeah I don't, I don't really know what to expect but there are so many things coming up yeah it's I mean it's definitely exciting and I'm sure for for a lot of players out there myself included it's a little bit nerve-wracking too because you're stepping into the unknown yeah mm. footy's always been so great and such a big part of our lives because it's we've played it at an amateur level yeah that doesn't mean we don't prepare professionally and give it our all, but it's never been about contracts, sponsorships, yep. management, all of these things that female players have yet to experience. Mm. Um, so 
there's a lot of that to iron out. And I really hope with the support of the AFLPA that that girls are well educated across those areas. Um, Because, you know, the last thing we as players want and and the AFL wants is for females to have a poor experience. Mm. Um, You know, you you really want to ensure that this is a sustainable competition. So who they give licenses to, they need to be strategic. Yep. And knowing the AFL, as Darcy said, you know, they're not going to put their brand to something that won't work. Um, They've got too much on the line. They're too heavily scrutinised by the media. Not our podcast, though. No, no. Um, But, you know, it will happen and it will continue to grow. I'm sure there'll be naysayers. I mean, I think we've already experienced a little bit of that Mm -hmm. um, along the way. And there'll be girls that have amazing stories and organically, you know, just fantastic things that blow up along the way. There'll be heartbreak. But it's pretty cool to think that, you know, when we started playing footy, it wasn't a thing. It, It literally wasn't a thing. It wasn't thought of. Uh, now it's happening every everywhere you look. Uh, people are talking about it, and I just think that's great. Every meeting you go into, I mean, in at work, people, you know, all across the AFL business, are uh, you know, getting their hands dirty and getting this competition up and running. Yeah, yeah. I think even for me, I, I mean, I worked for an AFL club for a, a very long time, and and I once I finished there, I, I, I guess I was a little bit over footy. I was, a bit, I was a bit jaded by it, you know, the, the football machine, it just rolls along. But women's footy has really got me back. Mm. Like, I, you know, I'm, it's rekindled my love of footy. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, my, my connection to footy even is a maternal one. My, my mum started taking me to, to Princess Park when I was three years old. And it's just something that we always did together. We'd go every week to the footy. And then I started working in footy and it's kind of just been part of my life. But I just love women's football and I think once everyone gets to see it, they're going to love it too and it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the face of the AFL. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the game, despite gender, has always had the power to influence community, um, to help bring, a, you know, bring along change. We, we look at the, you know the different things it's done, breaking down barriers in so many different areas. Um, mm. And and female footy, you know, there's no reason why it doesn't have the same power. I think what I find so reassuring is that every male AFL player I've had conversations with is right behind it uh, and they genuinely respect us as footballers. Yeah. Uh, and that's really important because if you don't have buy-in from your, you know, your fellow players... Um, I, I can't see how the competition would work. We will be at the clubs with them. Um, so yeah. it's something that's really important. And you talk about which clubs will get licences, who's ready. And I was watching a footy show the other night and Ross Oakley, who's a former St Kilda player in the 60s uh, and also was a CEO of the AFL. Yeah. Yep. Um, he said that, I think it was back in the 90s, a, a you know, psychologist walks into the AFL and says to him, now look, you're going to think I'm crazy, but... Every club, they've got their own personality. They're like a person. Mm. Think of a club as a person with a personality. It's, so it's. I think it's actually, it's really true. Yeah, it's really true. So, you know, you look at GWS and I think that they, um, you know, they're young and they're still growing and that sort of thing. So would it be good um, for them to have a female comp because they're still developing and, and would, would it be good for them to have a female team there and, mm. and come up together? You look at a Collingwood, a juggernaut, you know, um, it would it be positive for their club? 
Um, then you look at a Richmond and their personality, you know, they've got a huge member base, huge mm. supporter base. Um, so there's so many different things to play out. But one thing that stuck with me that that psychologist did say to Ross was that in times of pressure and when the heat is on, true personalities show. So that for me will be the testament um, when their women's team are, you know, zip and eight. Yeah. Um, you know, do they stay the stay the path and do they continue to give opportunities to females and, and ensure that those players are developed? And the same can be said for male teams as well. So yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be a real tester. I would like to welcome our first guest ever on This AFL Life. Uh, welcome, Jess Smith, the Women's Football Operations Coordinator for, um, from AFL Victoria. Thank How are you going, Jess? I'm going great, thanks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you look great. Thank you. So, I've just got a couple of quick questions for you before we really kind of get into it. What uh, what footy team do you barrack for? Uh, Melbourne. Okay, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And what do you love about football? I think I love what it brings to people's lives. I think it's one place where every time I've walked into a football club, um, you know, there's a real community feel there and I think it brings a lot to people's lives. Perfect answer. Um, and just one last quick one. Who was your football idol as a kid? I've got to say I don't think I had one. Oh, fair enough. I grew up in Geelong and I think you just had to love every Geelong footballer. But, yeah, no hero. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so just tell us a little bit about some of the background and, um, and thinking behind AFL Victoria's decision to launch a women's state league competition. Um, look, the State League's been, um, you know, something that's been working on for a long time. We've been working on for a long time. It's not something that happened overnight. I think, um, you know, when AFL Victoria first had conversations with the VWFL around um, where women's football was going and, and that the transition into AFL Victoria, there was definitely a State League on the cards. Um, I think we've now just got to a point where we can make that a reality. Um, yeah. So for the kind of uninitiated... You know, the VWFL is a is a community league uh, and the VFL Women's is a state league competition. Can you kind of just explain what the difference is? So I guess essentially um, the state league came about and, and has obviously been branded with the VFL for for numerous reasons. Obviously, um, you know, it's, it's going to bring a whole new audience to, to women's football, but also, you know, it's about connecting to a strong brand that... Um, you know, is, is synonymous with football in Victoria, um, which is obviously the VFL. So, um, you know, we've now created a state league, which really is that stepping stone to the national competition. And, you know, it's definitely not going to happen overnight and it certainly won't mirror um, the men's VFL at this point in time, but that's definitely something that we'll be working towards. I'm just wondering, um, I don't know, the AFL don't make decisions lightly and that flows through to, you know, competitions in, in state-based organisations like AFL Vic. So how much research went into, you know, would clubs survive? How many more do we introduce? Do we modify the rules? Um, how do we financially support our clubs that already exist? Those sorts of things. Was it, you know, plenty of work behind the scenes to get it up and running? From, from a state league level, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So for you guys to make the decision and say, yes, yeah, we are going to roll this out. Yeah, yeah. So as I sort of touched on before, um, it is something that had been going on um, with discussions with AFL Victoria before the transition took place with the VWFL. Um, so, you know, we're talking five years that's been sort of in the making. Um, look, I guess 
realistically, we got to a point where we had six teams in the Premier Division for quite some time over that journey. Um, you know, many years, one team had sort of come up. But, you know, you had sort of Scoresby, even a South Mornington back mm. in the day. So there was lots of teams that kept coming up into Premier Division and then would um, come up, take a fair beating with the score, um, the score lines and then uh, would end up either falling apart or going back down levels. So we'd got to a point where we had these six teams that um, that had been competing in the VWFL Premier Division uh, and then we had four teams that were fairly well geographically based that happened to be the next four best teams um, coming up through Division, uh, division 1. Um, so, yeah, I guess we, we'd got to a point where, it, it, you know, it seemed like, look, here's a chance that we can bring four teams up. We know that there will be some margins, um, you know, that will be quite big. But at the same time, they'll also get some games where they're quite competitive and then we build from that. Because the important thing was to have, um, you know, teams that were geographically spread, uh, you know, as we, as we built this and made club stronger because hopefully that gap between the state league teams and community football just gets bigger mm-hmm. um you know but we need to make sure that there was a fair spread before we did that because otherwise we just have six teams constantly in that competition no one catching them how long ago did you know which teams were coming up and did that play a role in you bringing those girls into the academy yeah look we'd, we'd thought about bringing those players up into some sort of development program and um this academy one uh, was something that was really important to, you know, upskill coaches as well as current players, as well as, you know, get a whole, a players from a variety of different clubs who could go back to their club and help share that knowledge um, or maybe, you know, aspire themselves to, to the next level. So how many, how many divisions are there across both competitions, you know, across the VWFL and State League? I'm going to say well, there's obviously there's one in the state league. Eight divisions. Yeah, correct. Well, I'm just trying to get a, um, our listeners to kind of understand how much work goes into <laughs> running a competition. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, how how difficult is it to to fixture games? I mean, yeah, I think yeah. No, you touched on a good point because I think um, you know, as far as fixtures go, we obviously don't run just because of where we are in in history at the moment you know women's footy is booming and we're reading a lot about it but you know there's still a lot of work to be done at community level so unlike your traditional um you know sort of male competitions where there's a seniors and reserves uh you know in the vwfl we have teams that can play in you know division one and division three or we can have a team that's in the state league that also has a team in division two so it's certainly not as easy as just mirroring a fixture for reserves teams so it's definitely a tough time of the year when you're doing fixtures um, for our competition and then also balancing out you know rules obviously between where players are playing and all those sort of things so it's definitely trying at times and <laughs> there's a few sleepless nights during fixture time but yeah look a lot of a lot of work does go into it I think you know um you know any sort of administration I think you particularly in in sport I think you've definitely got to love what you do because there's some really hard yards that you have to put in but I think you know for me what I love about it is that you know there's the clubs that I work with are always so thankful and they're always so easy to work with and you know whenever I'm sort of feeling a bit tired or whatever I think you know in clubs there's a lot of volunteers who put in uh, a lot of hours so yeah I certainly can't complain. So I think, Jess, when I first met you, it was a few years ago now, but I remember Australian. you you were volunteering at the time, weren't you, um, With way back with the VWFL under Debbie Lee, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. And that's right. how you got your start. 
Yeah, so I um I'd been involved in a so I'd gone to La Trobe Uni and I got involved with their football club, which didn't have a women's team at the side at the time. Um, started a women's team there and was studying sport management and then um, at the time I, so that's how I sort of got introduced to the VWFL and I gave Debbie a call and said hey look I'm interested in you know helping out how can I help out I said go and volunteer with the VWFL and at the same time the person before me was leaving so applied for the job and got it boom <laughs> I think it's an important message because obviously there's going to be, and there's a lot of talk, you know, there's opportunities for women to play the sport, but there's also going to be roles to fulfil in administration and coaching and all these sorts of things. But they're certainly not um, positions you can walk into, are they? You really do have to sort of, you know, network and and be and do your time in the clubs and, you know. Yeah, and that's a really good point because, you know, definitely getting people emailing and calling every day sort of saying you know hey we want to get involved in women's footy is there any jobs going um that sort of stuff and our advice is always you know go down to club level and yeah definitely help out there there's you know clubs definitely need that assistance um sort of you know, I'd love want some more volunteers at Darabin. That'd be great. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. <laughs> um, and you're, yeah, you're certainly not the only club. There's, you know, it's that's definitely where, um, you know, people should be starting. And I think you really, you know, to do. Well, I think, you know, personally, isn't just my personal opinion. I think to do my job, you really have to have a good understanding of what happens at clubs because, you know, like I said before, there's a lot of volunteers, and you know, you really have to work with them, and you know, they're doing an amazing job. So you've got to appreciate that. So, I've been debating with my housemate about how the league has been restructured. Has everyone moved up a division or has there been a new division created? Like have Div 4 become Div 3, Prem <laughs> become State? Or has there been – because I was counting the leagues and there's more. Yes, correct. There which is. suggests not everyone has just moved up in category name. Yeah, look, it's it's a it's a confusing one. Even for me to get my head around, I slip in between calling the wrong divisions the wrong divisions. Mm. Um, but essentially, yeah, look, I guess everyone did sort of progress up. Um, but also, there'd been some teams that um, had come down a, an extra division. There'd been a whole new southeast division added, and obviously Goldfields added, which has a couple of um, existing teams, but a whole lot of new teams have come in there. So we've sort of been growing. Um, pretty rapidly over the last few years. So um, we had 10 new teams last year and 10 new teams again this year. Yeah. So, um, you know, I sort of I, I wrote down a little stat, but I think when I first started in the VWFL in 2011, we had 23 teams and we're now at uh, 61 teams if you include the state league. So, Chockers. Yeah, so obviously your pay packet increases. <laughs> <with> that <laughs> might add that to my next negotiations. Um, well, Jess, thanks so much for your time and uh, I hope everything goes smoothly for the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jess, oh, and thanks for all the hard work that you do so we can play footy. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And good luck with the rest of your podcast too. I'm pretty excited to be the first guest, so thank you. Thank you. So I'm very excited about our first um, Ask Asta segment. So the the emails have been flooding in since we went to air. Um, this AFL Life at Darcy Gmail. Stop sending so many emails to Alison. <laughs> this AFL Life at Gmail dot com. Um, so the first one, Asta, is from uh, Leo in Abbotsford. Now you've been out with a knee injury, and it's been it's been pretty tough road. Um, but he wants to know what if anything has been a positive to come out of your your injury 
Yeah. Oh, good question, Leo. Thanks for sending that one in. Yeah, there's there's lots of positives that have come out of it. Um, I've had to look pretty deep and I've had to review why I love footy. And, um, you know, I always just loved it. I always loved the game. It's never challenged me like it is at the moment. Um, so you look to practice gratitude daily um, and be grateful for what you have. And, you know, I think in doing that, I've been able to um, be a more rounded person. Um, so that's been been something I've learned on this journey. But, you know, I've also been challenged, um, been seeing a sports psych um, and I've been challenged to make myself more vulnerable. Um, so admit to people when it's tough, mm-hmm. talk about, you know, um, my challenges that I face or when I've had a, you know, had a bit of a win with it. And it's funny, I saw um, – McGovern from West Coast talk about how they lost to Hawthorne and mm. someone asked him, have they got it over you psychologically? And he answered honestly and said, yeah, they do. Um, so I guess in that you can see, you know, has my knee got it over me psychologically? Uh, at this stage in my rehab, it probably does. Yeah. When I make my return, I really hope that because I've been vulnerable and I've talked about that and admitted that it's it's there, then I'll be, you know, ready and firing and Watching the girls play. Whew. Yeah, how was how did how did that go round one? I mean, because you, you you know preseason training's been happening, and you know you haven't been mm. doing everything, but you're at the club, you're mm-hmm. involved. How did it feel? On um, round one wasn't what well, the Sunday wasn't too bad. I I was a runner, so I had a role and I could still participate, and I was still a part of it. Friday night jumper pres was difficult. Yeah, um, and you you don't want to be that person who's track detracting from the team and that's something I'm really conscious of um but you're jealous you you're envious you want what what they've got um you know you'll get it back at some stage Mm. but that's just not right now so um but overall like like I said earlier premierships aren't won in round one and you know it's a long season so I am looking forward to getting back though well that thanks um, Leo thanks thanks Leo that was a great question Mm. Very insightful person, this Leo. He's <laughs> pretty good at finding sandwiches in the park. <laughs> so is Ripley from North Fitzroy. <laughs> Rufus. <laughs> well, that is episode one of This AFL Life. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed our radio craft. Boom. Thank you. Is that a thing? Radio, radio craft. craft. Radio craft. It is now.